Hey, Doc Lowe's Bob Sham here, and let me welcome you to the Documenteers podcast, the podcast about documentaries, where each week myself and a loosely themed enthusiast discuss and rate a different documentary. This week, what do we have a doozy? You were a religious kid in the 90s, you caught this strange cult classic in a youth group or religious school setting. This film either scared the shit out of you or got you started on a very diverse and unique music collection. Heed the warnings in this expose on the satanic influence in our rock and roll. Hell's Bells, The Dangers of Rock and Roll, hosted by Eric Homburg and produced by Real to Real Ministries, an exhaustively researched three-hour-long testimony of the evil influences of several people drugged up to their eyeballs. Johnny and I broke this down after each chapter and commented on several of the cultural figures crammed into this documentary we're still tired from doing this episode next week on the show Stuart and i hook up poor choice of words for one of those much talked about documentaries to discuss our very first alex gibney documentary it took us too long to get down with the gib and we're finally doing it with this hbo original tale of silicon valley snake oil elizabeth holmes held all of those withered rich white investors in her little hands with her dream of testing blood with nothing more than a pinprick in a schmancy little box. Unfortunately, the science didn't match up, and it takes a lot more than hopes and dreams and some repetitive TED Talks about dead uncles to make something like that work. Because you demanded it, we discussed the unblinking documentary, The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley, by The Gib. And you can hear our thoughts on that next week, right here on this very podcast program. Now, folks, as I stated before, there's a lot of samples and references of popular culture and influential bands up to 1989 in this documentary. We touch base on a lot of shit, but honestly, if you combine all of what is shown, heard, and discussed in Hell's Bells, then we probably didn't even get to half of it. It's unreal how much time they put into this thing. For music credits, I want to name every damn clip we play. Let's see how fast I can do this. All right. ACDC, Fleetwood Mac, Rolling Stones, Plasmatics, The Huns, Madonna, Axel F, Pink Floyd, Twisted Sister, Judas Priest, Def Leppard, Robert Schumann, The Beatles, Bon Jovi, Peter Rowan, John McLaughlin and Mahavishnu Orchestra, Susie and the Banshees, Diamanda Gala, NXS, Overkill, The Dam, Johnny Greff, The Church of Scientology, Patti Smith, Nina Hagen, Jefferson Airplane, John Lennon, Rush, Led Zeppelin, Queen, ELO, that's Electric Light Orchestra, Blue Oyster Cult, Ludacrist, Merciful Fate, Ozzy Osbourne, Celtic Frost, Teenage Jesus and the Jerks, MDC, The Cure, Spooky Tooth and Pierre Henry, The Birthday Party, Coven, George Harrison, The Cars, Billy Idol, George Michael, Prince, Wayne County and the Electric Chairs, Venom, Depeche Mode, XTC, Scraping Fetus Off the Wheel, Christian Death, Exodus, Eurythmics, Oingo Boingo, Motley Crue, Alice Cooper, Zodiac Mind Warp, Sonic Youth, Metallica, Beastie Boys, Megadeth, Cinderella, Sam Kinison, Samantha Fox, Poison, Nina Hendrix, White Snakes, Robert Palmer, Cindy Lauper, Van Halen, The Bangles, Guns N' Roses, Aerosmith, Bananarama, Shocking Blue, The Cramps, Pebbles, Emo Phillips, Suicide, G.G. Allen, The Frogs, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Sex Pistols, George Thorogood and the Destroyers, Dio, Toya Wilcox, Anvil, Possessed, Bauhaus, Thrill Kill Cult, Dan Reed Network, Cheap Trick, Colin James, Jimi Hendrix, David Byrne, Brian Eno, 
David Bowie, Robert Johnson, Boomtown Rats, Coil, Current 93, Black Sabbath, Scorpions, The The, Whitney Houston, Steve Winwood, Lionel Richie, Killing Joke, Michael Jackson, Warlock, Huey Lewis and the News, Bobby Boussolel, and a couple of tracks that we're fairly sure were sung by the Hell's Bells host, Eric Holmberg, just to name a few. Wow. Wow. That's a lot. This documentary is hard to find. The sequel is online. It's a little more 90s, but the same style and principles. We get into the occult, violence, backmasking, which I'm excited to tell you about if you don't already know. Sitting in my office late at night listening to backmask tracks, I gotta say, it was a little creepy. We cover all that here. I'm still dazed, to be honest. Who would have thought that Huey Lewis and the News could lead us all down the wrong path? Speaking of backmasking, in this episode, the host of Hell's Bells, Eric Holmberg, posits that there's no way man alone can insert some of this backmasking messaging within some of these popular songs. And yeah, Johnny and I laughed at that, and you'll hear us laugh at that in the episode. But I gotta say, as I was editing this episode, I felt some kind of presence go into my body through my dick hole and move my little fingers. And I'm worried that that there's something malevolent in the underlining of this episode. Let's get on with it. We'll find out why evangelical kids know who the fuck Diamanda Galas is. A dire warning that also rocks. Hell's Bells, the dangers of rock and roll. Documenteerspodcast.com. Five stars in a review on Apple Podcasts will shoot you straight to heaven. And after that, you can go dock with Christ. Amen. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. We'll explore Rock's relationship to sex, violence, suicide, drugs, rebellion, and most importantly, the occult. Come with us now as we join our host, Eric Holmberg, founder and director of Real to Real Ministries for Hell's Bells, The Dangers of Rock and Roll. Johnny, welcome. Oh, yeah, it's good to be here, Bobby. To the Documenteers Podcast. I am very excited for what we're going to discuss today. Let me go get this DVD box. Me too, bud. Me too. This is going to be incredible. Um, So just so everybody knows, we are going to, I mean, you've been able to figure this out by the title of the actual episode, but we are going to be reviewing Hell's Bells. It's like the reefer madness of youth group kids. (laughs) Yeah. I ordered this from a guy called The Right Divide on oh, eBay. Oh, that looks cheap as shit, man. That is a real... It's definitely like some Xerox-looking shit. Oh, hell yeah. I've already tested it. It does play in my PlayStation. Okay, good, good, good. I think the first one's already in the PlayStation. But yeah, it looks... I paid 17 bucks for this. Okay, yeah. All of the prices I saw were no less than $26 online. Oh, hell no. This thing is weirdly in demand. It is. For a fucking... 
DVD that looks like shit. <laughs> yep. Have you stated while I was getting this what we're watching? Yeah. Have I, you I se- kind of... Have you seen this? I have seen this. I saw this in youth group. Well, I visited a friend's youth group, you and s- we watched part two of it. You saw like it in the setting in which was intended to be shown. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think I saw it in the best possible setting that I've, it was intended to be shown. I never saw it in a religious setting. I don't think the Methodists were that hard up. It was just like, listen to what you want. No one was really that hard Yeah, hardcore. Methodists are overall pretty chill. Half of them. The other half are like... Also, they were on the forefront of the abolitionist movement. Yeah. Just so you know. Cool. But Martin Luther, from which Methodism is philosophically comes from... That guy was a piece of shit, so... Oh, well, yeah, Martin Luther was a piece of shit, and Methodism was a weird split off of Protestantism and Lutheranism. Yeah. Based on the Wesley brothers, I believe? But still kind of... some weird shit. But still kind of... It's almost still lumped in with Protestantism in a way, if you're talking about it as opposed to Catholicism. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty much all Protestants have Martin Luther as their intellectual patriarch. And the Baptists have John Calvin. And those are the big splits away from Well, actually, a lot of Baptists are uh, free will and not Calvinist. No? Because Calvinism is the belief that God controls everything. That The real hardcore Calvinists say that God causes all things in the world to come to pass. Well, I've known a lot of Baptists who felt that way. Yeah. But yeah, I my guess roommate that's... is an ex-Baptist who was also a Calvinist. Yeah, so I guess you got free will Baptists yeah. and then Baptists, so... What it, but I'm, then the actual denomination of free will Baptist is its own thing. I don't know yeah, either way, no one's dancing at weddings, so. <laughs> but they're going to smoke at the potluck. I have memories of this in parts. I don't think I've ever set it down and watched it, okay. not in the intended setting. If I did watch this at all before today, because we're going to watch this and record after each chapter. Yep. It's a complete motion picture it's not going to be rated errol morris it's still a hurt song when we do this it's a lot of fun so and i'll get to transition some fun music in between each part right on hell's bells the dangers of rock and roll you can find the sequel to this all over youtube it's kind of the same principle this one is a little harder to find just on your offhand Mm -hmm. streaming searches i think it covers a better range of music for sure and this was directed by a couple of Eric's. The host of it is this guy named Eric Holmberg. And this is produced by Real to Real Ministries. And what they did is exhaustively researched. And for some low rent, obviously you ain't got a lot of money production. Mm-hmm. I kind of admire the editing in this thing. I've got to say, I really dig the aesthetics of this. <laughs> kind of amazing. It reminds me almost of kind of what I'm trying to do here sometimes. <laughs> where it just seems very... It's not like the high end of uh, production here, but you can tell that there's a point and in some way carefully constructed in the best way. And the whole thing is definitely, it's got that punk rock cut and paste vibe. I collect a lot of low budget gospel albums as well. And And often the cover has that kind of cut and paste collage Xerox and then like, hey, put this on the back of the album. If you want some low-rent gospel records that no one will ever buy, you are in the right town for that shit. Damn straight, dude. That's probably half the reason I moved back. So this thing is warning kids about the evil powers of rock and roll because this came out in 88, 89, but stayed in churches for years after that. I saw it in maybe 97 or 98. Yeah. 98, And this comes from a point where 
the metal genre of music was at its peak. Metal was never more popular when this was first released. So you get why he's on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah. There, what he I mean, said, this was when thrash was entering the mainstream. You know, it it started to appear like around eighty five, right? Started to kind of like what Metallica was formed in eighty five or eighty six. I think like Ride the Lightning came out around this time. Mm-hmm. We're about to get the Black Album, the most overrated Metallica. And album. then of course Slayer is just yeah, it's just getting gradually getting more and more popular. Yeah, and then you got all the glam metal that's fucking going on. Your Motley <laughs> Crue's, yep. your Poisons, all that yep. shit. And that, then the beginnings, the very beginnings of grunge. That's right. I, we're gonna see if he covers that. I'm not sure if he does. We got. We're getting. We're in that post punk. Maybe I previewed the first hour of it, and this guy gets into some deep cuts, dude. And, some industrial. Yeah. Diamanda Galas. Yeah. Merciful fate, dude. You probably would have been a lot better off not explaining to entire groups of children who Merciful Fate was. You could explain it, but there are people who don't believe in God and don't care. That don't know who fucking Merciful Fate and King Diamond are. And then you explain what they are and then play a sound clip. You've just made a fan for life. You might have <laughs> some kids that are like, oh my god, I'll never listen to this. Thank you, Pastor. But, but if you're 14 and you go to your friend's youth group and you're already fighting with your parents, whether it's justified or not, me. right in the middle of your get out of my room mom phase. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know what will piss them all off? If I listen to that merciful fate Pastor Johnson warned me about. You were listening to Kiss, but now you're going to listen to Diamond Galat. <laughs> it turned out Kiss was probably the better option there. Not in terms of taste, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, you know, you make the jump from Paul Stanley to Genesis Peorage. So this is a cross between a religious warning from the Satanic Panic era. Also, can we get a little more? I kind of want... I say this tentatively. I kind of want Satanic Panic to come back because it's so much fun to watch. Riverdale's trying to do that. But a lot of people got accused of doing horrible things that were completely made up. During West Satanic. Memphis 3. Yeah. As well as like these weird conspiracies that were all over the media. Child rape factories that ended up were so outlandish that there's no way that could be true. And we're never true. And there's, a, you know, there's a book I've got to read about Satanic Panic. I really want to get into the history of this. I have that. You got book. it too. I can't wait to read we it. We should actually just like read it at the same time and then compare notes. That'd be great because that would be awesome. I'll let you know when I I'm need like about a weird culty started. book club. Oh hell yeah! From what I understand, a lot of it had to do with a few instances of this very fringe repressed memory therapy that was going on they would put people yes. into hypnosis that's what I, that's what i'm talking about and whether knowingly or unknowingly led people into believing that you know they had been raped by every member of their family while their family was wearing cloaks yeah and then they got pregnant with one of their babies and then they were forced to give that baby up as a sacrifice it just it preyed on some people with already pre-existing mental illness psychology and psychiatry it can be a very important thing but there are definitely points in history the satanic panic era that dude who was like hammering ice picks into people's skull oh yeah there are like a lot of examples that (laughs) kind of help fuels that scientology we hate psychology thing oh absolutely i mean the thing is like like all science it develops and there's a lot of people who make mistakes, and sometimes they even have everybody on board for a few years. Yeah. And then everyone's like, 
oh shit, this is wrong. Like this is not producing I mean, good the, results. The ground floor of our space program comes from uh, <laughs> Nazi Nazi Germany. Hmm. Yeah. Up until we started taking neuropsychology very seriously, that was kind of a soft science as well. There's been a lot of trial and error in the history of psychology, and I'm a person who goes to therapy. I believe in psychology, but it hasn't always led us down the most um, the most productive paths, especially and, not in pop culture. And I think it's also important to note that even within the bounds of psychology and psychiatry, that not everything is accepted by every person in the field there's a lot of divisions within that oh dude there's a shit ton of like schools of thought dream theory repressed memory there's a lot of things uh, here personality theory like the enneagram and the myers-briggs yeah which is still in popular use but well, is often not accepted by most psychologists that's a lot of those get tagged into that profession it more represents what people think they want out of psychiatry mm -hmm. because it's just a it's like a you know like any belief system truly you want to learn about yourself yeah you want to figure out who you are because you're willing to admit that you don't know who you are yet and you yeah. don't know what you're going to look like in your perfect form your more evolved form i suppose but back to satanic panic where are we i don't know we've got three hours to trudge through this is going to take longer than three hours let's do this shit let's just do it the satanic bible says behold the crucifix what does it symbolize? Pallid incompetence hanging on a tree. We just finished part one, oh chapter my God, one. We did. This is like a cross between a time life music compilation mm -hmm. and a sermon. Yeah, with a little bit of like Jack Chick thrown in there. Yeah. Got a lot of the same cut and paste sort of aesthetics. Things that are supposed to be shocking that actually just make it seem really cool. A lot calmer than Jack Chick, I would say. I'll give oh, him yeah, that yeah. credit. I mean, he's in the beginning, he's saying. Please understand that nothing personal is intended here against anybody. I don't hate these artists. I'm not trying to say that God hates them. And I'm certainly not trying to get you to hate them. We simply want to look at rock music from the perspective of truth as defined by both the scriptures and the person of Jesus Christ. It uh, starts off with one of my favorite tropes in Christian propaganda media is two very religious guys pretending to be secular people. Man, whatever happened to real music? Man, I'm talking the good old days. Yeah. ACDC, Highway to Hell. <laughs> yeah, I'm on one, a man. highway to hell. <laughs> hey, don't stop yeah. me. That's what I'm talking about. They sit oh, on a yeah. bench and talk about all that rock and roll, man. Remember when music was good. If you, Not like this rap stuff. If you look up any YouTube video of a song that's 15 years or older, go down the comments thread and someone on there, maybe even mm -hmm. 10 years or more, is mm -hmm. going to say they don't make music like this anymore. Uh-huh. Not like ACDC. They don't make music like this Not anymore. like Merciful Fate. Yeah. 
you'll have like one of Justin Bieber's first videos. And then 20 years from now, people will leave comments all over it that say <laughs> they don't make music, they like, don't this make music anymore. like this anymore. I gotta, I gotta say that's relatable. I've worked at Home Depot. I know that guy. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. We got you wrote a list of go ahead and go through the list of all the music. Not all of it. A lot of names get dropped. A lot of names get dropped. I went for the most prominent examples, the ones that actually had sound clips with them. If I knew what it was and they didn't give credit for it, I wrote it down anyway. Fleetwood Mac in concert. Mick Fleetwood. The least important member of Fleetwood Mac. (laughs) The band's named after him, yet he might be the most replaceable. Mm -hmm. You're looking at late stage coke addiction when that Oh, dude, absolutely. But to a youth pastor. Rolling Stones, it's only rock and roll. To a youth pastor, it's full-blown Satan. The Plasmatics. (laughs) The song, I gotta look it up. I don't know which one it is, but it starts off with her back-masked voice saying... The brainwashed do not know they are that's, brainwashed. That's right. They recorded something backwards, and if you play it forward, it plays that chord. The Huns, who I'm excited to hear. Eat death, scum. They bring up the Huns because the lead singer would eventually become born again. Yes. But they talked about how... I may or may not have been witnessed to by that guy. Maybe. I'm sure. They talk about how this band used to talk about beating up cops and made Mm -hmm. fun of religion i'm a christian and i write songs about that for a whole generation i know punk music might be about skateboarding and girlfriends but for many other people punk rock's about like anti-authoritarianism and uh beating up cops and there's i've that's what the guns were i've heard that from the stage many times (laughs) i may or may not have been uh behind some of the things they were saying anyway acdc hell's bells that song has never sounded cooler than uh, Hell's Bells. Yeah. Oh yeah, with the visuals and the Gro- me on my third cup of coffee. Growing up, ACDC was kind of the music of redneck bullies, so uh-huh. so I pretty much avoided it. Yeah, fucking bullies. And I've never thought like it was really that cool until we were watching. Pretty this. much, whenever I heard ACDC, I thought of the two guys on the bench in the beginning of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to real music, man? They don't um, make music like that anymore. They don't make music like that anymore. Pink Floyd, The Wall. Beverly Hills Cop theme. Do I have to read this whole thing? Yeah, keep going. Okay, Twisted Sister. We're not going to take it. Judas Priest. Parental guidance. Pour some sugar on me. Robert Schumann. Uh, Beatles, Hard Day's Night. Never heard (laughs) Dead or Alive. Peter Rowan. Excited to learn about this guy. Uh, Avant-garde composer, apparently. John McLaughlin. Yeah. So, you know, in this playlist, there's going to be a little bit of Mahavishnu Orchestra. Susie and the Banshees, Sin in My Heart. heart. Diamanda Galas, Litany of Satan. In excess, Devil Inside. And then, Overkill. <laughs> Just like a, a glam thrash crossover. 
I forgot In Excess even existed. Like, that is nobody's favorite band. I would have forgotten about In Excess. I had not been told that I looked like the lead singer. Uh, you did, uh, you know I, you the know, guy who, from we, erotic strangulation. <laughs> right. So I mean, I just saw that. him, and you don't seem to look like that to me. Apparently, I had floppy, curly hair that was a bit thinner than had more cheekbones, I guess. That, I've only ever gotten that once. That's the tip of the iceberg, which you named. There's images from, like... A Jack LaLanne spa commercial. Mm -hmm. Miami Vice. Blackie Lawless stage antics. That's the band Wasp. Alice Cooper hates Blackie Lawless because he says that Blackie Lawless ripped off his stage show. Probably. And uh, he might not be wrong. Boingo, boingo. Also nobody's favorite band. There should be more Overkill fans than there are Oingo You're not Boingo. a fan of Oingo Boingo? I mean, I think they're fun. I like them better than I would like Overkill. I'm going to go ahead and say that. You know, it's... it's It's got Danny Elfman in the band. Yeah, you know and Danny I mean? Elfman even thinks Oingo Boingo sucks. Fair so. enough. I don't know. Maybe maybe Teenage <laughs> Me just had a soft spot for Oingo Boingo. And then we establish a lot of stuff. I was in some, some facts. Mm-hmm. Did you know that rock can hard boil an egg, bro? Oh, yeah. If you put it in front of a speaker. Yeah. For a long time. At a, at a loud rock concert, you could hard boil it. That might have something to do with the fact that vibration causes heat. I could be wrong. My favorite part in this first chapter... It's not the fires of hell, it's vibration. ...is when Eric Holmberg, he explains this all comes from a biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. And he talks to the audience, maybe assuming some people who are watching this aren't always super religious. And he's right. Yeah. And he says, Now you might not believe that the Bible and Jesus are the standard for absolute truth, and that therefore, their comments as they relate to rock music are irrelevant. Well, don't get uptight. Don't get uptight. Try to keep an open mind. <laughs> the dude with the mustache. Yeah. And the 90s mullet. And the mom jeans. Well, don't get uptight. What he's saying about how music connects and how music can manipulate is not that disagreeable. No, he's not wrong. That's why they have music playing in department stores you know it's just that maybe we see it That's more why they have it at bars so people drink more we see that more as a positive thing than it is like something that's really destroying society and i think music often blurs the lines that's kind of what's special about music when i was growing up you'd see some racist ass rednecks and you go out to their car and they're busting too short and three six mafia Fuck yeah, they are. your neighbor would be homophobic as fuck mm -hmm. and he's got every queen record like, this is something that music can do that yeah. other things seem to have a really hard time doing. I mean, that's, that's the reason that, oh, God, what was the name of that blues player, that blues piano player who made friends with members of the KKK? It's become that guy's job to convert. Clancy. I would never ask a black dude to do that, ever. Yeah. But it's amazing that he has that inroad through his music to do so. Music is an amazing thing. And when I'm going in, when I put in a CD, I hope this manipulates me. <laughs> I hope this puts me in a direction that gets its hooks in me. Because if a song doesn't do that, then maybe I can respect it in a structural way, but I'll probably never listen to that again. However, I've got to say this dude's coming from a very Protestant utilitarian perspective that all music has to have a functional purpose don't get uptight don't get uptight johnny <laughs> he's getting uptight i'm not getting uptight well don't get uptight try to keep Bobby, an open mind i am not uptight okay i mean he's really he's really coming from the perspective of that music 
has to have a function that it has to do something that it has to express something like as a songwriter and also rock and roll when i'm writing i don't think about what i'm trying to say i'm not thinking about like the message i'm trying to get out most of the time i'm just like what matters to me i'm trying to mine stuff i think like most artists are trying to mine things from within themselves and then try to figure out what it means later yeah that's what most artists are doing but he seems to think that they're making music in order to manipulate the masses which i don't think is always true which is why i agreed with the the chinese historian yeah who was saying you can tell how a culture is doing by analyzing their music i agree with that he quotes ancient thinkers who talk about how music can manipulate the masses uh-huh and this is also coming from That's a also, time they can yeah and this is also coming from a time where a lot of your main source of media was poetry and song and in that time, it is probably super relevant. But in this age of information, everything can pull you in a thousand different directions. So Agreed. Hey, I want to read. This doesn't get covered because this is kind of more of a modern music, but I want to play this game where I read you some lyrics. Some, In my opinion, these are legitimately satanic lyrics. And you try to guess okay. what band this is. Okay? All right, all right. Come walk with me. I'll walk with you slow to the highway <laughs> and back. No, you can't get far. <laughs> They call you an old soul because you've known for so long. You're one of those kids who knew something's wrong. Uh, that's ACDC, right? <laughs> you recognize those satanic lyrics? Yes. I mean, I I, I, I wrote those lyrics uh, after uh, being... Yeah, uh, that was me, bro. Uh, that's you? That's me, man. Had those hearts stopping Ever since you found you could cling someone calm and she'd slow your pulse down. But this Jesus who loves you is not a warm body in your bed. But you'll find him in the aching in your heart. I wrote those lyrics after being freaked the fuck out by David Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> I watched... Firewalk with me, which I will never watch again in my entire life. <laughs> so come walk with me. Come walk with me. Firewalk with me. People hate on that movie. I think it's all right. It's really good, but God, it's terrifying. It's really painful. Anyway, let's um. Let's get into part two of this jazz. Let's do this shit. I am so ready. The angel of self-deceit is camped in the souls of the righteous. The eternal flame of power through joy dwelleth within the flesh of the Satanist. She takes the blame. It's always the same. She goes down on her knees and prays. I Oh my gosh, man. Wow, where even are we? Was this like another half hour segment that we just watched? I think they're each in half hour segments. So we got four left. Yeah. Right on. Cool. <laughs> this one introduces Christian Kitsch to Anton LaVey and the Satanic Bible. It with, sure as fuck does. With plenty of Satanic Bible verses. I dip my forefinger in the watery blood of your impotent mad redeemer and write over his thorn-torn brow the true prince of evil, the king of slaves. Kenneth Onger 
for a lot of people, a lot of very religious people, Anton LaVey is a symbol of evil. Yes. For people like me, he's really just a giant dork. But uh, I mean, he is a giant dork, and I've got to say, he kind of seems like Ayn Rand and Devil Horns most of the time. I mean, when you when you read, like, uh, I've read uh, Lords of Chaos, right? Yeah. The history of satanic black metal, especially the Norway scene where all the murders and shit happened. He was put forward as, like, the true Satanist, the one, I mean, Emperor. <laughs> Dude from Emperor was put forward as the true Satanist, the one who actually followed Satanism as it was laid down by Anton LaVey. <laughs> Much like Nietzsche would have said was Christian is selflessness, right? But true paganism, self-interest. But the black metal dudes... Were more were, about early paganism, right? Well, the black metal dudes actually were not part of LaVey and Satanism at all. No. They actually wanted to follow the devil as portrayed by medieval Christianity. I mean, a lot of it was Scandinavian paganism, like Old Norse mythology. They saw Christianity yeah. as an invader to their culture. Oh, absolutely. That more developed later in black metal as the genre was starting to gain steam. But Once Varg took hold of it, it was definitely, it definitely became about the gods of the Aryan race. But yeah, but the early roots of black metal, it's definitely about medieval Satan. But what we're looking at here when he's talking about the cross as portrayed by rock and roll, the vast majority of the instances, I can see where it's put on album covers, except for Madonna, who's just trying to fucking shock people. Right? Yeah, yeah. In the metal bands and in the rock bands, they're criticizing the place of power that power Christianity has taken. Power structures. Absolutely. The host, Eric... His premise in this chapter is basically that God has zero sense of humor whatsoever. <laughs> and that any imagery right. of Christ or the cross that isn't in the in the strict context of biblical truth mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is complete blasphemy. And, and that you should definitely never contrast crucifixion and the cross with commonplace things. Because Christianity apparently has nothing to do with commonplace with the commonplace <laughs> and with the mundane and with the everyday because that has absolutely nothing to do with god becoming a human being shitting himself in a manger yeah christianity jesus massive cultural figure mm -hmm. if you want to get a reaction from half the planet mm -hmm. you're going to use christian imagery but <laughs> yeah, a lot are. of people think l ron hubbard's full of shit but if you make an entire album where you just shit on l ron hubbard You'll probably get a lot of people that agree with you, but it's not going to resonate right. in that same way. But the Scientologist might make you famous, and you might become famous within Scientology. You will get gang stalked by Scientology. Oh, that's true. Maybe I should go for that. <laughs> so basically, not only should you never use the cross except for just hanging a blank cross on your wall. Yeah or in your church. You should also never criticize the people who follow Jesus Christ ever. Well, don't get uptight. The cross is an instrument of torture. <laughs> it was an instrument of torture, absolutely. It's kind of presented as though this so is- So was the crown of thorns. Yeah, this it's kind of presented as though the cross is a creation of Christianity, but it is not. It was a creation nope. of a imperialist Roman empire. Yep. And you pointed out while we were watching that, that the cross truly represents imperialism most of the time. Yeah, and a lot of the bands who are using that are kind of pointing out that irony that Christianity became its own imperialism. The arguments between hardcore Christianity 
and those who, you know, are maybe more people like me, there's going to be this line that one never crosses over the other. The one, one is coming from a perspective that has the assumption that everyone, they see a biblical truth, so everyone has to follow the truth as they realize it. Right. But right. to anyone who doesn't buy that truth and has their own path, maybe a different religion entirely. Okay, yeah. It's subjectively being viewed through those who follow it. And it's really no hatred towards the symbolism, more of the power structure behind the symbolism. Oh, absolutely. And the disdain is lit towards the power. Right. Using that cross, no one is against Jesus, <laughs> but people are against those that use his name. I mean, there are people who are against Jesus, but sure. it's people like Ayn Rand. People are against Jesus are presented as examples in this. There are, even if you're a casual Christian, yeah. not that uptight, because as Eric said, don't get uptight. There are probably some bands in here you're not going to want your kids to listen to. Right. But the majority of these bands, here's the thing. And this is coming from someone who has a Christian background and is also a marginal member of the church at the moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of these bands when you talk about the message that Jesus actually had, like, you know, love your neighbor. If you're rich, you have to feed the poor. Those are the same arguments that they're hurling at modern Christianity. It's seen as blasphemous, but in a lot of ways, I've always seen a lot of their criticisms as within the tradition of Christianity in the first place. A lot of Christians have criticized their own churches using the same methods. Probably did not uh, blaspheme the symbols of Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like a lot of these bands are willing to, but that's a matter of semantics. Sure. Semiotics, rather. Let's go through of some of what we see in here. The Damned, Grimly Fiendish. Patty Smith, Gloria. Nina Hagen, Cosma Shiva. <laughs> Jefferson Airplane, Son of Jesus. Can track the man who laid his father down? Imagine by John Lennon. If you try. And God by John Lennon. And God by John Lennon. Don't believe in Jesus. Did he also say I don't believe in the Beatles? Don't believe in Beatles. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, there was a lot of stuff he didn't believe in in that song. <laughs> Ludacrist, Immaculate Deception. I'll have to check that out. Uh, I know, right? Merciful Fate, The Oath. Celtic Frost was mentioned in passing. Teenage Jesus and the Jerks. Right, Lydia, Lydia Lunch's Lunch. band. I Am The Lord. MDC, Millions of Dead Cops, Millions of Damn Christians. Every album they would claim that their name meant something else. <laughs> the Cure, The Blood. Ceremony by Spooky Tooth and Pierre Henry. Pierre Henry was, the, was one of the pioneers of noise music. He took recorded sounds in the 40s all the way through the 70s and manipulated the tapes and ran them through different electronic circuits. We get it was highly influential. And also that record, by the way, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's just them playing through the Catholic liturgy. <laughs> there was literally nothing at all blasphemous about it. 
even from a strict Catholic standpoint. Birthday party. Nick Cave. Wild World. Yeah, Nick Cave's first With the sacred heart with a swastika behind it. Yeah. I mean, Nick Cave, yeah, he uh, very, his lyrics have always been kind of like this throughout his career. Yeah, very controversial, but also at the same time, he had some, uh, he had a simultaneous reverence and also a criticism of imperial Christianity, like many artists did. Coven, Burn the Cross. George Harrison, Life Itself. <laughs> you are the one that for. We're starting to talk about how offensive it is that Christianity is placed alongside other world religions. Yeah, universalism. Universalism, as Eric called it. Um, that's the way I understand the term universalism. It happens to be a belief system that I lean towards is that all souls are eventually going to be saved. Christian, Hindu, atheist that when people see love when people see self-sacrifice and forgiveness they're going to recognize it for what it is in the afterlife i think he's talking about like unitarian universalism or unitarianism or also religious syncretism i just hate it when fundamentalists get philosophical ideas wrong commonizing all religious ideas is a path to heaven that's right that's that's very offensive to him okay so the cars it's magic the video where it shows him walking on water across a pool at a, like a, what, an L.A. party or some shit. Billy Idol, White Wedding. Take me back home, George Michael, father figure. Prince, The Cross. The Cross. They focus on Prince Which for a minute. Which is his return back to the jehovah's witness religion right yeah around the late 80s prince you know in his early years he's very sexual probably a sex addict and in his later years he went back to it he was raised jehovah's witnesses Mm -hmm. witness and he kept a lot of his old songs but his new material from then on was not really as hypersexual and i always saw prince's uh spirituality or a spiritual journey as most of the time him working through the trauma of what he grew up in if you watch purple rain that's basically what that shit's about even at some point becoming abusive and becoming like his father and and then realizing it he basically says that prince is demonic yeah in this movie it's like okay rather than horribly abused and just trying to get through fucking life man he he no johnny he has to just (laughs) literally praise god with no metaphors of his past no doubt and pretend should never have any doubts pretend pretend that like his the complications of life don't exist okay (laughs) right he also calls madonna an ex-porn star there's a book i run across every now and then wait is this around the time of the sex book it might have been around the time of the sex book if she posed nude once then then he'll probably call her a porn star yeah i mean a lot of people have probably seen her breasts sure so madonna like a prayer little oyster cult you're not the one realized blue oyster cult was so satanic they apparently have some background sounds in the song off their mirrors album oh yeah what did it say again not too satanic on the surface but now listen to the high-pitched squeaky sound that occurred during the guitar lead this time at a fraction of its regular speed again one more time 
I don't know. I can't remember, but it will be clip. Also, Wayne County in the electric chairs. Storm the gates of heaven and God. Who's gonna pay for the blood? The Her. great New York punk legend. Now goes by beat Jane. the fuck out of what's his name from <laughs> the dictators. <laughs> remember, like, she broke his collarbone because he was hurling a bunch of insults at her. Yeah, you think fucking now known as Jane County would hasn't been through this shit? Yeah, I think she was Wayne then, correct? Yes, yeah. back then. But now Jane. Yeah, so from the South, raised mm. probably in a religious fundamentalist environment. She's definitely evil, not dealing with a bunch of childhood trauma. Yeah. Definitely trying to blaspheme the cross out of no other reason but malice. Venom? Literal Satanist uh, lyricism there. Was doing it for shock value. Absolutely, yeah. That really people didn't start believing in the shit, except for the band Coven. The white witch on Crow's The devil she could The original band Coven, the 60s psychedelic band, not the thrash band that came yeah. later. The influence of Venom in black metal might be overstated. But it is there in terms of like the low production value and shit. The low production value, the satan, the blatantly satanic imagery. Um, it was the black metal kids who were really the first to take the satanic, the satanism seriously. The pesh mode. Blasphemous rumors. You know, I've been kind of dipping back into depeche mode in my personal music there's something that kind of like pushes me away and brings me in with that i know i know it's hard to explain um some great reward i thought was a great album yeah Um, that song actually blasphemous rumors is that's a good song an 18 year old christian boy perfectly expressed my doubts as to you know why there was like why if god loves us is there so much suffering in the world it's something that everybody has to wrestle with but apparently you're not allowed to wrestle with that in song that's also according to what was this guy's name again? eric holmberg i think according to eric holmberg that's just an instance of this guy hating god yeah. who by the way was raised in the greek orthodox church and i think stayed with it later on in life annie lennox's missionary man well i was born an original sinner big bands named in here and there's legit deep cuts. Oh, they, yeah, dude. Another noise industrial band scraping fetus off the wheel. That is some underground shit. <laughs> Just Christian the eye. Just the idea that these sheltered kids are going to know who scraping fetus off the wheel is is just fascinating i gotta say man i went to go i went to visit my friend's youth group watch this i was entertained (laughs) as a as a 14 year old i was entertained the entire time wow i was completely intrigued and it was made even better by the fact that like you kind of feel a little bit rebellious that yeah you're really you're really digging what everyone else is horrified by. Eric's right. Music is manipulative. It's so manipulative. Thanks for introducing us to these great bands. Exodus, deliver us. Pure holy hour. Then Ozzy, Miracle Man. Then- as we've gotten so far let's go into part three let's do this shit for i stand forth to challenge the wisdom of the world 
to interrogate the laws of man and God. He who saith thou shalt to me is my mortal foe. kid watching this i don't know what part you watched did you watch part three the one we just watched i think i watched the end i don't remember it's been hmm. a while well i wonder if that youth group got horny watching part three because it's all there about was sex, a... sex 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 i gotta say this was very sexually charged yeah because sex is satanic especially sex is satanic outside the bounds of marriage because that body th- that that hip mm-hmm. thrust is supposed to be for the lord what i would have seen back then is all these sexy things going on and a few sexist things, obviously, because we're dealing with Motley Crue. A lot of this is like just your typical back then everything objectified women. Hormoned up and, hair metal. And we can objectively have issues with it outside of the bounds of evangelism. Do I own a lot of these records? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I would have seen like... See all this cool stuff that's happening? God doesn't want you to have this. Because he was definitely making sexual purity sound very attractive. Yeah. Billy Idol, it's showing Prince. It's showing Madonna. It's showing uh, that, that band Pebbles. And then <laughs> it cuts to him with his long flowing curly mullet. Yeah. And his mustache is like, don't you want to be like me, married <laughs> and happy? This episode's all about the fruits of rock and roll, mm-hmm. sex being one of them. But it builds up. We show a clip from one of my favorite rock docs, "Give Me Shelter," mm-hmm. uh, because of course that's about the Altamont Festival where where they got the Hell's Angels to bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, real smart, Jerry Garcia. You fucking moron yeah this is definitely a byproduct of rock and roll and not the fact that they got a white supremacist organization yeah to uh, <laughs> to run security for them and stabbed a man to death yeah fucking hell and of course this shows some of these bands that they passively mention they've got to be so grateful for this because a lot of bands in this are forgotten oh like, uh, yeah like who the fuck is zodiac mind war i don't know <laughs> But they got to be so happy that they live on somehow. I'm going to be listening to them, apparently. <laughs> so, Sonic Youth, Death Valley 69. Yeah. It's cool as shit. Dead musician montage, of course. Now, this is like 1989 around when this came out. He talks about crime was high during this time, but he throws out a statistic that says, Crime is up 10,000%. I don't think he compares that from a point in history. They also crime talk- is up 10,000% from the time that they started reporting crime. Oh, also he points out, did you know, Johnny, that at that Cincinnati concert, the Who concert where people got trampled, mm-hmm. that was that was Satan. That was definitely Satan driving people to violence and not just unregulated hero worship. Now, since the late 90s, crime, overall violent crime, has uh, decreased every year. 
every year it's gone down. Mm-hmm. Crime was peaking then, and it has since slid downhill. Oh, and they also talk about Richard Ramirez, a serial killer, who yes. claimed to be a Satanist. That Satan was telling him to do these things, correct? Yeah, there's some real... Much sin- like the Son of Sam? I don't know if Richard Ramirez heard voices. Uh, son of Sam, I think, was schizophrenic, perhaps. The dog barking was telling him to create these things, and he was doing this. I, I read an interview with him. He's actually now a Christian. Yeah. Um, In prison, he was... The dog barking next door was telling him to kill people to bring on the apocalypse, which would lead to Christ's return. Well, Richard Ramirez was one of those... Weird that he didn't put that in there, am I right? When most people say Satanists, they're a part of like a political, almost uh, satirical organization. Oh, absolutely. That's what... Mostly atheists. What Satanists are. They're not even literally Satanists. But when people... The amount of like satanic crime because they want to please the devil, that is so rare. <laughs> it's unreal. And most of the time, those proclamations are just like, oh, this person has some severe untreated mental illness. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was talking about, this is obviously what, the height of the satanic panic, the late 80s. Have we already covered this? Before Satanism appeared, God was telling people to do the same thing. Or on his behalf, I suppose. Eric successfully identifies that the Stooges are a proto-punk band. He seems Yeah, to, he used the term proto-punk. He, he seems to have Iggy Pop a proto-punk legend. He has an understanding of rock and punk subgenres here. Yeah. Couldn't spell Bananarama, but Yeah. Banamara. Ban Ban Banrama. Banarama. Banarama. We get a lot about suicide. Suicide, a co- uh, a poster of the band Suicide, one of my favorite. Wish bands. they would have played Frankie Teardrop. Frankie Teardrop. They dropped the ball. All they these deep cuts. Uh they don't do Frankie Teardrop. I guess they couldn't get them all. There is a lot of suicide songs out there you know i mean there is like what was it like uh let me see fade the black metallica he talks about news stories about kids killing parents and killing themselves Mm -hmm. things that still occur to this day um, for a myriad of reasons and they reference this one kid named tommy and he says there's no way with Tommy's righteous background, like they're implying that this kid was completely normal. What happened? What was the trigger? Why came it was from a good, happy family. This is like one of the most maddening parts of Christianity. And you see it all the time when you watch like true crime, because mm-hmm. you'll get like religious people who are blown back that someone within their circle would do something yeah. like bad. It's not in their brains that you can believe everything Eric is saying in this, mm-hmm. not listen to rock and roll, still somehow commit a violent act or a violent crime. Yeah, absolutely. Or just because, okay, when someone dismembers their own mother and then slits their own throat. That's not out of nowhere. I you mean, they, often find that. I'm not going to blame Tom, what, Tommy. Yeah. I'm not going to blame little Tommy's mother for abusing him or whatever, but there's a high likelihood in most of these cases that the kid was abused by somebody. Or the kid. Most of the time when you see matricide and patricide, there is domestic abuse involved. Or Tommy, with his perfectly religious background, may have had a... Nothing bad happens when you're from a Christian home. Maybe had a severe mental illness Mm -hmm. that was treated with prayer. (laughs) Okay, I've got to say, though, there's a lot of talk about mental illness, right? There's a lot of talk about mental illness in... 
in regards to autism, which isn't a mental illness, it's a different. Sure. It's a different brain wiring. But it's important to know that the vast majority that having mental illness makes you more likely to be the victim. Yes, that's absolutely true. Of violence than the perpetrator of it. So he's talking about most of the time when you see violence, it's people stuck in a bad external situation and they don't see a way out or, you know, addiction. There's a shit ton of that as well. Eric quotes this bullshit. Now, I'm not a psychologist. Mm-hmm. But this has got to be the most bullshit thing I've ever heard. He quotes a Dr. Mark Rosenberg, uh, who's a studier of, quote, suicidology. A suicidologist. Mm. And you wouldn't believe it, Johnny, but most young people's suicide doesn't stem from depression or mental illness. Nope. It's compulsory acts reacting off of things in our lives. I think he said living out their fantasies. Yeah. It's young people drawn to it because it seems fun to kill yourself. I guess. I mean, okay, so... I understand the curiosity with death, but that's not... We've both listened to a lot of artists who have killed themselves. Sure. We've listened to a lot of artists who ended up killing themselves later. I'm sure we've both heard and listened to on purpose a lot of songs that mention suicide. How many of those songs, Bobby, glorify suicide? None. How many of those songs are telling you to do it? None, very little. They're the usually band, objective stories about people who went through some shit. The band Suicide. Yeah. Were they telling you to kill yourself, Bobby? N- no. They were maybe trying to imply you should do cocaine. Did you ever listen to Emo? Emo Phillips, the comedian. I have a girlfriend. You probably think you're superior to her, don't you? Just because you're real. Yes, him. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. It's inherently hard to glorify. Because everyone's like knows about suicide. And when was the last time you were having a great day? You were driving. The sun was shining. Your finances were all in order. Judas Priest comes on the radio and I want to blow my brains out. You want to blow your fucking brains out, right? Best way to be breaking or the like, law. Have you ever been just like at a coffee shop? Just having a cup of coffee right by the window. Pleasant songs playing. You were thinking about how happy you are in your relationship. And you're like, you know what else? It would be really nice to kill myself. Yeah, that'd be cool. Fuck Mark Rosenberg. I mean, I would have looked him up to see what a hack he was. But I'm going to go ahead and call it. Dude's a fucking hack. Dude's a hack. Unless he's talking about people with a specific form of mental illness and it was taken out of context. Entirely possible. He wasn't. Eric talks so much about sex, gives so much examples, that we suddenly realize as he's discussing this and explaining how the body is a vessel for the Lord that Eric's given us the birds and the bees talk. God is not against sex. It was his idea in the first place. And he designed our bodies with the capacity to enjoy it. He kind of is. Scripture describes the act of making love as being central to the beginning of the marriage relationship. Husbands and wives are further encouraged in the Bible to view their own bodies as belonging to their marriage partner in order that they might both give and receive comfort and pleasure. He just stopped short of the whole, like, when two people love each other very much part. Sex is a vehicle for man's participation in one of life's greatest miracles, the creation of another human being. Suddenly, we were all pastors, kids. And that's why God has so rigorously commanded that this very special act be reserved for a very special relationship, a lifelong commitment between a man and a woman, something we call marriage and family. Old-fashioned? Maybe. But the more things change, the more they remain the same. Listening to a very Christ-centered 
birds and the bees conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Purity and loyalty are still the bottom line. Anything else leads to death. Go down that list. Let's name all the bands that were featured here. Okay. Rolling Stones, Sympathy for the Devil. Pleased to meet you. Motley Crue, Bastard. Alice Cooper, I Love the Dead. By the way, Love that he song. had returned to evangelical Christianity. I think he was raised LDS, actually. But yeah. he had returned to Christianity probably by the time yeah. of this documentary. Beastie Boys, Fight for Your Right to Party. Kick it! Peace Cells. They must stay uh, Christian. Yeah. Ozzy, Suicide Solution. Don't you know what he's really about? Beatles, Tomorrow Never Knows. It is not dying. It is not dying. Here, Why Can't I Be You? Cinderella, Shake Me. Sam Kinison, Wild Thing. A thing, I think you move me. Samantha Fox. want to have that's all i had time to write down before they went to poison i want action <laughs> Ooh, let me tell you what i want i want action prince you got the look, you got the look. nana hendrix baby gogo this is where it's talking about sex like sex white snake is this love george michael i want your sex Robert Palmer. Fucking that fucking song. Cindy Lauper. She bop. Van Halen. Black and blue. Bangles in your room. Pesh mode. Strange love. Guns and Roses, Anything Goes. Motley Crue, what was it? Too Young to Fall in Love. Anyway, go on. Aerosmith, Angel. Panorama, I'm Your Venus. Cover of the shocking blue. Well, I'm your Venus. I'm your fire at your desire. Shocking blue is I mean, much the, better. The, the original version was much better. Absolutely. The cramps. Hot pull of woman need. Yeah. Which hey. uh definitely pointing out like how the cramps are a very sexual band. Poison Ivy's hot as fuck, that's why. <laughs> Everyone was also, you that. know, I heard she wrote a lot of those songs. Like yeah, that was her doing. Mm. The frogs gather around for Savior Number Two. They've given up on church because they found someone else. I've 
here for the kids. Um, I, my mind was blown when they dropped the frogs. How has he not talked about Gigi Allen yet? That, was he dead at this point? I think Maybe. he died in the early 90s. But it's like, still, like he put Sid Vicious in there. I don't think G- It seems like they would have also talked about Gigi Allen. Because that's low-hanging fruit, man. They know about Merciful Fate and later on Genesis yeah. Peorage and Psychic TV. Yeah. Diamond Galas, but he, they haven't talked about Jesus Christ Allen. Die when you die when you die again. BG hadn't been on Sally Jesse Raphael yet at this Maybe. point. Anyway, let's get into part four. Okay. Whatever that's called. I just want to know how they did all this research without the internet. That's the part that's fucking amazing to me. It's really impressive. It is impressive. That's why they might get a high rating. <sighs> is not lust and carnal desire a more truthful term to describe love? I'm torn between the light and dark Where others see their target Now, for this last chapter, it looks like uh, this part, Eric looks like he got back from maybe mowing the lawn or a lake vacation because he's a little tan and he's got that sunglasses tan line thing. I'm still on. I'm still betting on the tanning bed. <laughs> tanning bed is a funnier thought. He's, he's a little too red. It, it looks a little too unnatural. It's either a mild sunburn or it's or it's an unnatural tan. One thing about this that makes Hell's Bells funny is that it's talking about a genre of music that is no longer it, it's the most popular form. It does cover pop music and the influences of that. Yeah, it's still yeah. popular. But as we go into the future and rock music gets less and less popular, <laughs> this will be funnier and funnier. That's absolutely true. In this part, we talk about rebellion, witchcraft. We get some critiques of Bob Geldof mm-hmm. and Live Aid. Which is a complicated <laughs> scenario. I think a it lot absolutely of absolutely is. A lot of people maybe didn't know this that a lot of that money would go to fund guns a and armaments. Dictator. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's according to him. I don't know what the actual story is there. I haven't ever I haven't looked up Live Aid really because I don't think about it, which is why Live Aid being satanic is funny, like yeah. you said. Bob Geldof, not famous truly for his work in the Boomtown Rats, but of putting on a giant festival. <laughs> right. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. Tell me why. Well, I guess a lot of people do like those songs, but like it's Live Aid that most people think of when they think of Bob Geldof. There's also a connection from Robert Johnson to Dio. That's interesting, going back to the blues. Oh, uh, yeah, Robert Johnson selling a soul to the devil at the crossroads, which he did not mention, by the way. Yeah, which yeah. is strange. But you got the feeling he was alluding to that. He was, and it's. I wish he would have gone more into that because, yeah, he was kind of, other than like Paganini selling his soul to the devil in order to play the violin. Better than anybody, and you know, the fires of hell burned in his eyes. Cool. Other than that, like, that's one of the beginnings of that trope in the Western world that legend of musicians selling their souls to the devil mm-hmm. for infinite power. Also, 
the number 666, Devil Hands, which often goes flying when you're hearing a sick guitar solo. (laughs) (laughs) References to bands like Bauhaus. Didn't play any Bauhaus, though, but showed a censored cover, which is bizarre because they didn't censor an image of the bean pan fucking a goat. Yeah, yeah, I definitely saw his... Penis entering goat. Yes, absolutely. They didn't choose a censor. They censored all this stuff. Like a butt. They'll censor a butt. (laughs) But they won't censor an image of Pan sticking his dick inside of a goat. Yeah. Well, I've got to say, they're getting kind of lazy about their their annotations. Like, I'm still writing down my playlist. And they they did play the Bauhaus song. They just didn't say what it was. (laughs) Heard something in the background. Toya Wilcox, same thing. They talk about voodoo. This is like probably the worst part of this movie in terms of you really, I mean, there's a lot of you don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah. in this movie, but this one is the most egregious because it connects ancient African drumming styles to a singular religious mind. I mean, we're talking about musical styles that predate Christianity itself. <laughs> right. And this guy is- Right, absolutely. This is African And we're culture. often integrated into African Christianity. And integrated into voodoo. Yes. And that cultural thing. But so, it's not exclusive to voodoo. To Eric, from Eric's perspective, it shows up in voodoo. So anything going backwards is uh, without God and satanic, <laughs> including just African culture in general. Well, yeah, he was saying that voodoo was basically the voodoo tradition came to America through the blues, which evolved into jazz. So basically he's blaming Satanism in rock and roll. On black people. Now, Eric would say, I didn't say those words, but you are condemning black culture. You're specifying it to things, but really this thing that you're you're criticizing these drum styles that are a lot more broad than you're giving it credit for. So I do have to say that while Satanism and rock and roll, the alleged Satanism and rock and roll, and the devil's influence in rock and roll, in, in white church definitely is a product of racism it had been also condemned by black preachers in the south whenever rock and roll became a thing like there were two different types of dancing from what i understand this Mm. is how robert johnson came to believe according to alan lomax do we have time go go for it okay according to alan lomax like robert johnson believed that he had sold his soul to the devil he told that story because he had grown up very religious and by the time he had died had actually thought it was the devil's instrument because he had it had brought so much misery into his life, like the traveling, being exiled from his family and his church. Anyway, so there were two different styles of dancing that had that had met in like the Southern blues tradition. One of them was European dancing, which you danced together, right? You mm. touched, but there was no gyrating. Like you just kind of danced together and you did waltzes or whatever. The African tradition in a lot of cultures that came to America, there was a lot of gyrating. There was a lot of sexual suggestiveness, but men and women didn't touch. So whenever you saw people like all of a sudden in the honky tonks and the juke joints, people started gyrating and holding hands 
both white and black preachers looked out on the dance floor and basically saw an all out fuck fest. <laughs> <laughs> so it was so it was condemned not just by white people, but by black preachers as well as being of the devil. And so Robert Johnson really believed himself that he had given himself over to the devil and that it had eventually contributed to his death. But it was more it was more symbolic than just him. Selling his soul. He he was a storyteller. Sure. So the crossroads was a story. The reason Eric's talking about themes of like Moroccan Jujuka and voodoo and mm-hmm. what we go on into Aleister Crowley uh, is because a lot of the bands that he cites from the 70s throughout the 80s, these were themes that were in popular. They were just popular things that are being regurgitated oh, over absolutely. and over and over. Absolutely. And that were being like taken and misinterpreted. And a lot of times just like, oh, that band's doing that. They're very successful. Mm-hmm. So we need to do that too. And a lot of these dudes like Brian Jones, for example, the dudes from like Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin, they got into Jajuka. They got into these Africanized types of music because often the jazz artists that they looked up to, because these guys were like serious guitar heads. I don't like their music very much most of the time, like especially Led Zepp, the virtuosos, but they were very good at their instruments and they looked up to jazz musicians who were even better at their instruments, who at that time were drawing from African and Middle Eastern and Eastern influence. Eric can differentiate between Crowley occultism and Anton LaVey cultism. Yes. He has, he can see the nuances within that, but he can't understand the nuances of African drumming. <laughs> right. Which is fascinating to me. Let's get into backmasking. Yeah, let's just do that. That was, this is an exhausting documentary. I am so tired. <laughs> backmasking is essentially, according to Eric, there's an example like from the Venom song In League with Satan. Where it's obvious that it doesn't make sense going forward and backwards. Venom obviously put some satanic words into a song that you can figure out if you play it backwards. Mm-hmm. They, they're Venom. They fucking did it on purpose. Yeah. But he's talking about backmasking that goes forward and backwards. And Eric claims that while you can think that that's intentional, the truth is making something makes makes sense going forward and backwards. Well, and nobody's that smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh for fuck's sake so some examples he throws out there i'm oh, pretty sure he thinks mc escher has also been <laughs> influenced by demons oh shit yeah escher no that- one can make lizards turn into swans <laughs> just by gradually changing a pattern some backmasking examples elos on their eldorado record <laughs> our first example is from electric light orchestra's eldorado album Here's a segment from the title song, Played Forwards. I sail away on a voyage of no return to sea. Every time of life is meant to be. A little backmasking there. Now, here's that same segment, Played Backwards. Again. One more time. Nasty one, fast open on. 
Uh, Queen, some back masking on uh, Another One Bites the Dust. One of the most popular and enduring songs in rock history. Taking the same section and playing it backwards, we hear... Where uh, uh, Freddie Mercury's saying, start to smoke marijuana. Now, folks, when you're hearing me clip this shit, you're like, I don't, I really don't hear anything. <laughs> That's a normal reaction because you have to really project your bullshit onto this to really get something out of it. I had to look at the captions and then listen real close to hear what he was talking about. It requires you to ignore how the English alphabet works in terms of syllable sounding for that to make any kind of sense. I mean, maybe a lot of these bands did this on purpose. Maybe I, I think know. that it could be done on purpose, unlike. Eric thinks that no one is that smart, but there are plenty of people that are that well, smart. Well, don't get uptight. Y'all, you know when Agent Cooper <laughs> goes to talk to a man, Twin Peaks, talks to Laura Palmer? Yeah. yeah, in Twin Peaks. I am so <laughs> tired. This is taking so long. She's talking backwards, and you have to look at the actual subtitles to see what she's saying. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. It's not fucking clear. Some, I, I just... The subtitles suggest it. Yes. And, and, but you're being suggested. Ooh, interesting. They're mm. they're doing suggestions. I do hear I do hear the syllables wanna. They show uh, cheap tricks going to raise hell. Where if you play it backwards, it's like. Again. One more time. You know Satan holds the key to the lock. Uh-huh. Uh, Rush's anthem, but only the live version. <laughs> only the live version. Where it sounds like Getty Lee's saying something like... Satan, you are the one who is shining. Walls of Satan, I know you are the one I love. It doesn't fucking sound like that. It doesn't Not even close. Now he's there's... making Rush sound a lot cooler than they were. <laughs> and Led Zeppelin's, which is pretty co the most commonly referenced Led oh, yeah. Zeppelin stairway backward. Back to Stairway to Heaven. Here's that same section reversed. Again. My sweet Satan, no other made a path. That one's been around for quite some time. But he talks about is there time? The fatal lie in this lyric is that there's always time to change the road you're on. No doubt the man who played the drums in that song thought that until he found himself choking in his own vomit. Look at John Bonham. That's right, John Bonham, John Bonham. died. Choked to death on his own vomit all the way to hell. And then that part is essentially a sermon. And then we go into the last part, which I think will also be a sermon. Oh, it's going to be a sermon, dude. Johnny, let's, let's finish this off. Okay. I gaze into the glassy eye of your fearsome Jehovah, 
I uplift a broad axe and split open his worm-eaten skull. Johnny, I'm exhausted. You know, I have just had a mind-blowing psychedelic experience followed by a dude preaching in front of a blue screen. I don't know. Like, everything was so colorful. There was blood. There was yeah. devil horns and all kinds of drama. And then it's a real fucking letdown when he tells you about Jesus. Yeah, this goes... He's, you thought Eric was long-winded in all the other parts? Which I didn't mind because he, there he, was background and there was Bauhaus and he quadruples down for this last. Oh, part. for fuck's sake! It, I mean, we saw it coming. It goes full circle. It was about ten minutes of and another thing. And there's not much to say about this last part that hasn't been said by all the other chapters. But we will say that the rest of the youth group comes out for some great acting performances here. Hey, it's not my fault some of the groups I listen to sing about bad things. I mean, hey, I'm only in it for a good time, you know, blow off a little steam. <laughs> I'm not going out worse than the devil. Come That's on, for it's, sure. It's a gimmick, man. It's all it is. It's just a gimmick. Oh, they absolutely did. I mean, there's a there's a kid in the hospital, on a hospital bed, hooked up to a breathing mask, and he's sitting there in front of them. And people are singing pop star songs into his face. They're singing pop star songs into his face. He's basically say, He's basically saying that, this kid is dying inside. He's not even listening to heavy metal. He's not even listening to songs that outwardly glorify Satan. Listening to pop stars. And then we see some more uh, religious actors playing secular people. You know, I don't even really... It's, 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 not, like, it's not like my fault <laughs> that they're singing about, about bad stuff. I just want to have a good time, you know? I love. And it's basically like they're reenacting heavy metal parking lot. He's great, man. He sings great. Group's great. How about Doc? Great. Excellent. Well, you forgot to name uh, the musicians who were in the last part. so I didn't forget. I was just hoping I could get out early. <laughs> well, you can't. So go through them. <laughs> last part and this part. Who all did we see? Patty Smith, Babalog. Well, I haven't fucked much with the past, but I fucked plenty with the future. Sex Pistols, Anarchy in the UK. I am an um, Bad to the Bone by George Thurgood and the Destroyers. Oh, it sucks. Dio, <laughs> Heaven and Hell. Do me wrong, you're a bringer of evil. Toya Wilcox? I shall be carried by the wind. 666, I think, by Anvil. <laughs> Possessed, Beyond the Gates. Something by Bauhaus. That was not annotated because they... They, they got, got lazy. They got tired. Much like us right now. Understood. Grill Kill Cult, also not annotated. Dan Reed Network? Ritual. Uh, okay. Baby, you are ritual. <laughs> Fleetwood Mac? World Turning. Colin James, Voodoo Thing. Hendrix, Voodoo Child. Oh, 
David Byrne, Jezebel Spirit. He started to get influenced by black music, and that means yeah. he's into voodoo. Yeah, and Brian Eno. That's an Eno and Byrne record. Rush, Temples of Syrinx. That's the one that had the back masking. There was a long thing on Jujuka, but I was disappointed that they, did, that they didn't actually show any Jujuka music. Graham Bond. Give us inspiration. David Bowie, Quicksand. Don't believe in yourself. Don't deceive with Ozzy, Mr. Crowley. Mr. Crowley. Uh, Coil. Current 93, Crowley Mass. Alice Cooper, Cold Ethel. One thing I miss is cold Ethel and a skeleton kiss. Black Sabbath, Headless Cross. Venom, In League with Satan. Scorpions rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> the the gravitate to me. Whitney Houston, so emotional. I don't know why I like it. I just do. Saving all my love for you. talking about and i've got to say like it's the most right on thing mind if i talk about well, yeah make it yeah hurry up <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> i've got to say the most right on thing he said the entire time is that the spirit of the 80s was the closest thing to satanism <laughs> that you could possibly find that basically i mean he didn't say it this way but yuppie music mm-hmm. the self-determination of the yuppie crowd yeah. was probably the closest thing to Levian Satanism. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway, Steve Winwood, I am love. <laughs> Megadeth, wake up in hell, I think. Lionel Richie, dancing on the ceiling. Killing joke. 80s. Prince. Bat dance. Keep busting. Michael Jackson. Thriller. Motley Crue. Dr. Feelgood. Warlock. All we are. Huey Lewis, Jacob's Ladder. Uh, Huey Lewis in the news, they are like Richard Ramirez style satanic. I believe that. 100%. Out of anybody who could possibly perform sacrifices, it's Huey Lewis. It's in the Huey news. Lewis in the news. Van Halen, best of both worlds. Bobby Beausoleil. 
Billy Idol dancing with myself. And then the kicker, the alternative to the music of the world. Eric Holmberg. Yeah, that's He's right. He's definitely singing this fucking song. He's singing this fucking song. This our theory is this whole thing has just been a vehicle to trot out Eric and Real to Real Ministries original song Dancing God's Honor. Dancing God's Honor. We must dance, 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 dance in God's honor. We must yield all our steps unto the king. We know what you're doing here, Eric. You're shoehorning <laughs> your cool, your cool music. This video is going to go around, indoctrinate and scare a lot of kids, and the parents are going to react by, I guess we need to buy Eric Holmberg's Dancing for the Lord to offset this. Dance, 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 dance God's honor. Let his praises ring. What they don't know, Bobby, is that in the background of Dancing God's Honor yeah. by Eric Holmberg, there's a Celtic pagan beat. In the rhyme of the dance pulses within everything. Wow. Yeah, Wait did you minute. hear that? And the universe wheels and whirls like a dervish in perfect seven-step time. Pagan Did you fuck. hear it? It had one of those uh one of those Irish drums that Yeah. You beat with the mallet that you hold in your hand. What's uh, that called? You don't mind a little Irish drumming, but African drummings of this devil? You got fucking problems, Eric Holmberg. <laughs> you need to get your shit straight. And he straightens us out with the most boring sermon you'll ever hear. Jesus entered this hive of humanity we call Earth. Singing is in the music we just heard, a heavenly song showing us through his dance, his life, the way back to God, to the paradise from which we have all fallen. God, I mean, it was so colorful, and he just had this blank blue screen behind him, and his curls were just way too defined. These long flowing locks this entire time, but then he just had these tight curls. It was really, it was really unsettling. There was a prayer at the end. Dear God, my Father and my Redeemer, Forgive me, Lord, for my sins. Most of all, for living my life the way... There, a poem started coming on the screen, and we're like, we gotta go finish this shit. And yeah, I, I... I was expressing visible frustration because I felt like the part of... I just had a flashback to the part of visiting my friend's youth group that I had blacked out. Wow. That I just repressed in my memory, just that speech. Wow. I don't remember it. Who can remember that speech? I did get a like a trauma induced flashback. The glazed feeling came back. Yeah. A moment of panic is like, I'm never gonna get out of here. God This is gonna go on forever. Ever and ever. Singing is in the music we just heard, a heavenly song. The way back to God. To the paradise from which we have all fallen. Just going on. It was a, it was at least a ten part sermon, and each part was like, and one more thing. Like it, it, each part sounded like it was going to be the last part. I feel like I can still kind of fake endings. I feel like I can still hear it. It's going on in the background right now, just right under our talking. I, I feel like I can still hear it. It's like following us, and we'll never be rid of it. And it's just a real letdown after a mind blowing experience like what just happened. Now, Johnny. Yes. We don't rate documentaries of star rating scale. 
We are so tired. <laughs> we rate it in a Herzog rating scale. I'm going to give this one through five Herzogs. You're going to give this one through five Herzogs. Okay, okay. And it's going to come, then we're going to come together like Jesus on the cross for best out of ten Herzogs. I don't know how that even works as a... We came in so excited <laughs> and left so exhausted. But I got to tell you, now that I think about Eric Holmberg's long-winded prayer and sermon, I'm saved. Five Herzogs. Dance, 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 dance God's honor. Let his praises ring. You put... Bored again. Damn. Bored again. Five Herzogs. You're really Herzogs. putting five Herzogs yep. on this. Yep. Dude, in terms of cultural significance, it's amazing. I mean, there's just... This means so much to so many church kids like myself. Some of the people I work with were excited that I'm going to do this. People I know, my roommate excited i've watched this with him fuck it's honestly cooler than i remember <laughs> it's a better visual experience than i remember and i made a mental note of so many bands like i did the first time i watched it it holds up i made a mental note of so many bands it's the reefer madness of my generation of the evangelical generation. it is the reefer madness of the satanic panic era <laughs> Introducing very religious children to some of the most depraved and often fun bands out there. Very influential deep cut shit was referenced in here. Dude, I was going to give it five stars until the sermon. Four and a half. (laughs) I mean, Herzogs. I mean, I'm kind of (laughs) goofing. I'm kind of goofing over here. Giving it five. I mean, let's be honest. But uh, but yeah, I'll keep it at five. Who cares? I mean, I'm going. I'm going to buy a copy. Okay. If I can, whenever I see it, I'm going to buy it for sure. All right, you take your four and a half Herzogs, combine it with my five, which <laughs> I for some reason refuse to change, and that makes it. Uh, wait, nine point five out of ten Herzogs for Eric Holmberg and Real to Real Ministries. Hell's bells. The dangers of rock and roll. Who would have thought that that music that was popular, super popular 15 years ago. And let's be real. Was that not an amazingly cathartic and taxing experience? It was. I feel like that's almost like, uh, like I almost did ayahuasca or something. Yeah. I feel, I feel drained the way you would feel after a day of hallucinating your balls off. (laughs) Exactly. You know what? I I think that just justifies my five. Damn straight it does. Nothing like it. Hell's bells. The dangers of rock and roll. 9.5. Fuck yeah. What do I say at the end of every show? Keep on docking. That's right. Bang your head to the sizzling sounds of Alice Cooper. Go to hell. Kiss hotter than hell. Cramped aloha from hell. Grim Reaper, see you in hell. CGS as citizen of hell. Rigor mortis, condemn to hell. ACDC, highway to hell. Twisted sister, burn in hell. Cheap trick, gonna raise hell. Merciful fate, princess of hell. Raven, hell patrol. As I have to leave you now, a final word of advice. If you still haven't established that relationship with God, Please think hard about what you've just seen and heard. Pray.
and ask God to reveal the truth to you. Surely you can't be frightened of the truth. Amen. Ring, rainbow, ring, circles the Hello, Docalos. We thank you for listening to our podcast program. But before I finally leave you, I wanted to share something that might alarm you. A bit of backmasking off of Johnny Greth's 2012 song, The Frog of Free Will. Sit there and fester, I've got it open. True love never dies. I think that ours will soon Played forward, it sounds like a typical sweet-sounding folksy song, but played backwards, that same verse sounds like this. Again. Again. One more time with fart sounds. As you so obviously heard, Satan, through his puppet Johnny Greth, said, I drink from the Dark Master's infected teat. Castrate me and send me to Hale-Bop. Heaven's Gate was right. Bob Sham is cool. Nobody's that smart.